Okay. Um, I want to thank, my name's Ken Thatcher. I'm a compulsive reader. I'm also an alcoholic in the A. And I want to thank Millie for asking me to share tonight. And, um, yeah, I want to welcome the newcomer. You're here. I'm glad you're here. I encourage you to get a big book and read it. This sponsor, you know, <clears throat> it's a program of action. You know, we have to do things um, to recover. You know, and the big book is our basic text, and it tells us you know, what and how to do that. And my story, you know, in a general way, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, you know, what it was like was I was morbidly obese. Uh, I was losing my job. My finances were in the toilet. I was diabetic. <clears throat> uh, I was drinking alcoholically, although I didn't think I was an alcoholic. Uh, I was smoking a couple packs of cigarettes a day. Um, my body was polluted, you know, and I really didn't know how I got there. I was being driven by two different diseases that I didn't even know I had. I'd never heard of OA. Um, I barely heard of AA, just some general, you know, um, societal views and stuff. But um, anyway, <clears throat> my health deteriorated to a point where I was a couple hundred pounds overweight, and I wound up in the hospital. Uh, about every year, about every eight months or so, I would get infections in my legs and cellulitis and staph infections because I was, you know, say I was so obese and my body was polluted and I'd get these infections. And the last time it happened, I was in the hospital for a week. Uh, they were giving me this heavy cocktail of antibiotics and IV in each arm <clears throat> to control the infection. And they couldn't. The doctor told me that the the, uh, the antibiotics that they were giving me was causing a secondary infection in my blood and that they had to take me off of them. And then when that happened, they had expected that the infection in my leg would, would get worse and then they would have to amputate my right leg below the knee. And uh, I decided right then, <clears throat> because of the state of my, my mind and my life, that if they did that, I was going to go home and shoot myself. And I had a loaded gun that I had set in the drawer <clears throat> before I went to the hospital because I kind of knew this was a possibility. And uh, that's where I was at mentally. I was checked out. And if you had asked me how I'd gotten there, I, I would have told you I didn't know. I had no idea. You know? And I believe it was divine intervention. It was an act of God that um, my fever broke. And they didn't amputate. I was released from the hospital. And I went to Burger King, and my sister picked me up, and I went on a big bench because that's what I did. And this is all pre-programmed. Right? Uh, today I wouldn't do that. but um, So I did that for about another six months, just trying to figure things out. And I started dating a lady who was an AA, an AA. And one of the conditions of my dating her was that I attended meetings with her, um, AA meetings. And so I was doing that. And... Uh, you know, I believe that, again, she was placed in my life by God because of what she was doing with me. I have no idea. I was a complete <laughs> friggin' wreck my life and just physically and everything. But one day we were sitting in a meeting, and I leaned over to her, and I said, you know, I don't think I have a drinking problem, which I did, but I was lying about that. But I said, I can relate to the disruption of life that these people have, their financial issues, their relationship, and so forth. And she said, well, there's another program called Overeaters Anonymous, and I've, I've taken note of your weight and how you eat. She goes, go go to a meeting and tell me what you think. That's okay. So I attended my first meeting in 2002 in Culver City, Los Angeles. It was a speaker meeting. And um, I related. 
you know, I saw some cool people. Um, and I later found out that I sat next to Roseanne for about a year without even knowing who she was. I had no idea that she was the co-founder of OA, but because she never really stated it in the meetings, but that was the type of person that was in this meeting. And they were very friendly, gave me a big book and all that. Told me to keep coming back, and I did. And so I called my girlfriend, and she said, well, what do you think? Said, yeah, I related, and I got along and met some cool people. And she goes, okay, listen up. She goes, I need you to get a sponsor, work the steps, and you and I are done. She just cut me off at the knees. And I didn't understand why. And she said, look, she goes, you're an addict. She goes, I think you're an overeater, and you need to work this program. And when it's all said and done, I probably won't be the type of woman that you're going to want to be with anyway. And I didn't understand that. Now, she was several years sober, so she had a grip on things and she had some clarity. And, um, but, you know, what are you going to do? So I said, okay, I stepped down from the relationship, but I continued to go to the meetings because I liked them. And I wound up down in Orange County um, about a year later, <clears throat> kind of chasing, her name was Tiffany, kind of chasing the same, same lady, but uh, keep in touch with her. And, um, and so I went to a Wednesday meeting in Bay Street in Orange County. And I made some friends there. And there was a speaker one night. And I was talking to this other guy. And he, I didn't have a sponsor. And he said, well, my, my sponsor's speaking tonight. So if you resonate with him, ask him to sponsor you. and Maybe you can start to work the program a bit. I said, okay. So I listened to the guy. and Very dynamic guy. He had lost, you know, over 100 pounds and just was on fire. You know, I just, you know, I was like, okay. So I asked him to sponsor me, and he said, all right. He turned me on to some simple concepts about what he called uh, true abstinence, you know. And um, he told me that the, the Overeaters Anonymous was the only 12-step fellowship that was not founded by a sober alcoholic. And therefore, the, the concept of entire abstinence or sobriety didn't carry into Overeaters Anonymous. I know that's a controversial issue, but I believe that to be true. That if you ask that question in any other 12-step fellowship, AA, NA, CA, gamblers, whatever, what it means to be sober or to refrain, they have one answer to that. But if you ask that question in an OA meeting, you're going to get 15 different answers. I've learned that from a 12-step perspective, that's bad. You know, you want it to be very defined and clear what your absence is. And for me, being truly absent, this is what I share with my sponsors, is, is refraining from flour and sugar. Uh, at, the, yeah, at least. <laughs> and that means no no pasta, no bread, no, no pizza, no gravy, no alcohol. Not because of alcoholic, but because alcohol is liquid sugar. So if you're struggling and you say you're trying to stay off the sugar, but you're eating flour and bread and you know, you're having a cocktail every once in a while, that's where I would point my finger right there because you're triggering physically. You know? So let me go back a little bit. So... Got told me about these things, and I said, okay. He turned me on to a meal plan where I eat three meals a day, nothing in between, no flour, no sugar. And I did that for three days. <clears throat> I got some clarity, and I fired him. I lost my mind. I said, you know what, I can't do this. I'm out. And I called him up. I said, I quit. I can't do this. You're, you're crazy. And uh, I went out two-month binge, and I gained 50 pounds in two months. I understand, I was still insane. Nothing in my life had really changed because I didn't have a sponsor at that point. I hadn't really lost any weight. I was still unhealthy. I was still being, you know, I was, uh, you know, appealing my, my being fired from my job. So my life was still upside down. And I knew that if I wound up, 
I continued to gain weight and I wound up in the hospital, I was going to kill myself. You know, so I was still nuts in the brain, you know. And so I went back to him after that binge, same guy. And I said, hey, look, I said, I have a problem. And I thought, I, I know I'm going to die one way or the other if I don't stop what I'm doing. And he says, well, that, he goes, that's a foregone conclusion, Ken. He goes, you have to stop doing what you're doing. So he goes, give me one year of your life, a calendar year. He goes, if you don't like the results you get, he goes, tell me to lose my number in Pakistan and you can go on with your life. Because I think that if you list, if you follow the direction and we study that book and we go to some meetings and make some calls, that your life is going to change. 12 months. He goes, give me one year. I said, okay. And I did. It changed my life. And I highly encourage you, if you're new, to do the same thing. Get a big book something, sponsor, okay? Get abstinent and do exactly what they tell you. You know, go to the meetings they tell you, call the people they tell you, read the big book every day. For over 20 years, I've read that book, I mean, with rare exception, every day. I've taken many people through the steps. You know, I sponsor today. I currently have five sponsors that are all ha having success in the program, you know. And I had to surrender, you know. I had to, I had to deflate my ego. I had to do the things that that book said to do. And that was a difficult thing because I was very ego-driven. We are, addicts are very egocentric, you know. We're childlike, you know. And uh, I didn't want to do that. <clears throat> this guy used to tell me, he said, Ken, he goes, you're going to be one of those guys that goes kicking and screaming to a better life. You know? He goes, but what choice do you have? <laughs> Suicide? You know? And he explained to me, he said, he goes, the condition of your life today, both physically, spiritually, financially, is because of what you thought was best for you. He goes, I wasn't around when you did all that damage. He goes, you did that to you. He goes, you have to understand that, that you are the problem, you know. And he had me write on a, on a yellow sticky note and put it on my bathroom mirror. It says, you are now looking at the problem. Every morning when I woke up, I, I, I saw that. And I said, okay, I am the issue. Not, not the man, not my girlfriend, not the government, not my job, not you know, anybody else but me. I am the issue. Alcohol and food was a problem, but it's not the problem. The problem is my thinking, my spiritual disconnectedness through my actions, you know, my inability to follow the direction of somebody who's trying to help me, you know. So when I surrendered and started following the direction, my life changed immediately. I immediately began to lose weight, although this isn't a weight loss program, but it is a side effect of what happens from being abstinent. You know, and he taught me something. He said, Ken, the purpose of your absence is the reason why we don't eat flour and sugar is to keep your mind clear so that you can live by spiritual principles. That's the purpose of your absence. He goes, this is not a weight loss program. He goes, although I'm not saying let's all be 500 pounds. That's not what I'm saying. But he says, he goes, if, if, if it was about weight loss, he goes, then the anorexics and the bulimics win. He goes, go ask them what they do and do that if, that, if you want to lose weight. He goes, that's not why we're here. We're here to stay clean <clears throat> so that we can work the steps, <clears throat> you know, repair the damage of the past and live correctly moving forward. And that will keep you spiritually connected with God, which will give you the ability to stay abstinent. What he said, and I truly believe this, that if you think you can stay absent, um, be spiritually connected and be recreationally using they're not compatible. Good luck with that. Look around the rooms, and I don't see people having success with that formula. Okay? And he also explained to me, like we studied in the book, that 
you know, that we, we whenever we have these discussions, he always, he always remind me, he said, Ken, he goes, what are we truly dealing with? We're not dealing with what you had for lunch or what meeting you attend or anything like that. Because we're dealing with a progressive disease that's fatal. It will straight up kill you. And in the last couple of months, I've heard two people talk about their friends in the rooms that are dead today, that recently died, had heart attacks, because they wouldn't get clean in the rooms, attending meetings and being popular and all that bullshit, okay, and dead today. And they're not in this meeting to speak up and say relapse is a bad idea, okay? If you play with this disease, it will straight up kill you. It will make you suffer along the way, and then you'll die. And that's what the big book says. It says you either accept the spiritual solution to recover, or you ride this disease into the gates of insanity or death. There is no third option. And, and pay attention to what I was taught. And I, I challenge you to do this too, newcomer. Pay attention to what people say and what they're doing and what experience they're having. Okay? And if that person's suffering or struggling or confused, I highly recommend that you don't do what they do because you too will have the same result. When we're dealing with, you know, something that's, again, progressive and fatal, like, like cancer, like diabetes, any other, you know, illness like that, okay, it's not to be played with, you know. Get abstinent, follow direction, change your life, you know, and, and live on a spiritual plane, okay. Now, it's not all doom and gloom either, you know. As a result of, working the steps and following direction you know in over 22 years i've completed the steps four times and one of them my sponsor after we went through the a step work um he took me through the the na workbook we did the step work in that and i recommend that also i do that with my sponsors too once we complete the steps in aa or in the big book rather um uh i take them through uh, the na steps as a, as a follow-up um, that, that was, I benefited from that experience. Um, I personally don't believe in OA literature. I know that's a, you know, a controversial issue too. Um, this is Overeaters Anonymous, but again, I believe that the, the, most of the OA literature at times is, is watered down at best, I believe. And a lot of it's in direct conflict with the big book, which is our basic text, mainly on the subject of, of abstinence. Okay. I've been sponsored by three men over 22 years that what I would consider to be black belt OAs. These are good men, good recovery, you know, good lives, good recovery. They got it together. And none of them use the OA literature. Every one of them uses the AA Big Book, the AA 12 and 12, and then some other 12-step, you know, books from outside. Um, and that's it, you know. And yeah. there's a reason why... Okay. Thank you. Thank you. There's a reason why every other 12-step fellowship uses um, the A Big Book as their basic text, because it works. Because all you have to do, that book is written on alcohol, but we've learned that the substance is irrelevant, because the substance isn't the problem. You know, and there's a reason why the only step that mentions alcohol is the first one. After that, it's all about spiritual growth and development. Yeah. And today, my life is good. I'm healthy. You know, um, the, the job I was once being fired from, I'm now a superintendent at. I run five crews in L.A. Um, I'm about to retire. In about two years, I'm going to retire. Um, you know, I just had my blood work done a couple months ago, and it was perfect. I mean, every one of them was right up the middle. 
my doctor has me talk to people when when I go in for my results. She has me talk to the nurses about what I do. And she goes, "What do you do to bring about this result?" And I said, "Well, I don't eat flour. I don't eat sugar. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs, and I don't drink alcohol. And if you do that for several years, then you get the same result." <laughs> I've learned that the body will heal itself. You know. Um, if you stop putting crap in it. And it's not because I'm a rock star, okay? Understand that I, I, have, I have an understanding that I'm a compulsive overeating alcoholic addict, okay? Left to my own devices, I destroy my own life right in front of myself, okay? I need this program to live. And this program allows me, gives me framework that keeps me connected with God that allowed me to stay clean and sober and change my life and help other people. My life is very service-based today. It's not perfect. I have to make mistakes on these things. I forget about engagements and whatnot, but I help a lot of people as often as I can. I pray to have God put people in my life that I can be a service to, you know, um, because I'm all about staying spiritually connected, and I have no doubt in my mind that if I let up <clears throat> what the book says to rest on my laurels, to rely on past experience, that I will return to drinking and drugging and eating. And the way I do it, I kill myself. I couldn't take it today, what I used to do. There's no way. So I'm happy today. Life is good, you know. And um, so if you're new, I highly encourage you to get a good sponsor. Read the big book every day and the 12 and 12, the A 12 and 12. And do what it says, you know, and get a, get a home group. Get a group of people that are having success with that formula and follow them. Attend the meetings they attend. Call those people. Talk to them daily. Ask questions, keep an open mind, and and be in a position of um, you know of surrender. I wouldn't say um, you know, of submission, but I guess that is my Jack Z, my old sponsor, used to tell me. He said, "Ken, because if you're unwilling <clears throat> to surrender the program, you know, he said your disease will be more than happy to take you by the hand and take you there. But one way or another, you will submit or die. You know." So I said, it's, you're just better off staying clean. And, you know, as difficult as it, as it may be, um, it's always easier than, the, than the, the alternative. You know, this recovery is the easier, softer way. You know, it is. You know, um, a lot of people around here shop for sponsors or are looking for this. You know, they say, well, I need this. Well, nowhere in the big book does it, does it ask you what you need. Yeah. I challenge you to find it. It says you must do this. The word must is used 132 times in the big book. It also says that this is a suggested program, and that's true. But if you're having a heart attack, it's suggested that you call 911. You don't have to, but it's a real good idea. So that's the kind of suggestion that they're referring to, you know. So if you're new, you know, get with it, man. Get on board. Follow the direction. Change your life, you know. And it's, it's a good deal. It really is. Sober life is a good life. I highly believe in it. I recommend it for anybody who's struggling. And please take a look at your food. Like I say, if you got flour and sugar going on and your head's racing, I would say that's why. So I would knock that off and then, you know, dive into your meetings and, and stay sober for a while. All right. That's all I got. Thanks for letting me share. Um, yep. Have a good night. Thank you. Would you like to leave your contact information before you leave? Sure. My name is Ken Thatcher. Uh, my number is 
7777 on specific time. I live in Westminster, California. It's um, south of LA, Pacific time. So if you think you're going to hurt yourself with food or do something you don't want to do, give me a call 24 hours a day. And I'll, I'll try to help you give you some, uh, you know, some uh, perspective on what you're about to do. Thank you.